The political world is becoming increasingly volatile and unpredictable, while at the same time having a profound impact on the lives of citizens across the globe. This is Polis Podcast, and I am Thomas Barton, the founder of Polis Analysis. Every week, I'll be in the virtual armchair with relevant experts from Polis teams to discuss the key developments shaping the political world. All we need is for you to join us on the virtual sofa. Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Polis Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the head of content at Polis Analysis, Anne Caroline. And we will be talking about the French presidential race. Um, so, Anne Caroline, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Um, let's just get straight into it. So, obviously, there's going to be a, a presidential race in France in uh, May 2022. So, next May, uh, the French uh, people will be electing their next president, and whether they want to stick with uh, the current president Emmanuel Macron or if they want to pick someone else. So, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on in the current uh, presidential election campaigns in France. Uh, hey, Thomas, uh, thank you for having me once again. And uh, well, um, usually I'm talking about China, Central Asia at police, but I'm quite excited to talk about this uh, presidential election coming. Um, and as you mentioned, indeed, this is quite uh, a time uh, in France, uh, uh, just for people to know, last time uh, when I checked, uh, when I was browsing the internet to actually have a sort of, a, to find a, a specific figure, uh, a specific number of, of uh, candidates who uh, made clear or would publicly stated that they wanted to run for the presidency. Well, I found on the France Info TV website for the French, uh, uh, auditors that uh, 41 people said uh, publicly that they wanted to run for for president so that's quite a number that's uh, crazy yeah. it's crazy yeah so ju just for for, for for other people it doesn't mean that we will have 41 official candidates that will be running for the election because um in france in order to be officially registered as a candidate. You need to get sponsorship from local officials and you need to get uh, 500 of them. And so it means that the 41 people that said that they wanted to run have until March the 4th to get those, those 500 sponsorship to collect them and to transmit them to the Constitutional Council, which will uh basically check uh if these sponsorships meet the requirement and and then they will reveal the next day the official list of candidates so i and, just wanted to be clear that's very helpful um and caroline how how many people can we expect roughly uh to secure the 500 uh, nominations required to be an official candidate for the french presidency how many of those 41 um, do you think will qualify? Um, well, um, of course, we will have people from the, 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 the big parties, but I would say roughly um, eight to 10. I, I, th I think so. And I think, well, what, what's definitely been 
change uh, uh, well during the past election and this election is that the the, 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 the political landscape in, in France is completely fragmented. We're, we're gonna go on, on this shortly, but it's completely fragmented. The right is frag the right side of the spectrum is fragmented, the left side is fragmented. Um it's it's basically you've got uh, collusion, like a fragmentation of, of parties that are weak and in the middle, you you've got um sort of the, 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 the La République en marche of Macron, and then you've got the, the, the far right or far, far left uh, uh, party. Sure, well, let, let, let's get into those, those different candidates, Anne Caroline, for the benefit of our listeners. So who are the main contenders who have, you know, the greatest chance to actually secure a substantial share of the vote in the French presidential election? So should we start maybe with the, uh, with the right, because there are so many candidates from the center right all the way to the far right. There are lots of different parties being represented. So can you take our listeners very quickly through who the you know the key candidates are on, on the right and center right of uh, of the political spectrum in France? Yes. So on the right and on the center right. Well, and then we'll talk about the far right because that's also a part we need to mention because uh, we have some news about about that uh, this year. Well. What we can say that on the right at the moment, uh, it's a bit overcrowded. Um, the, 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 there will be a convention on December the 4th, which is quite late, uh, to, to, to be honest about um, for Les Républicains, so the far right, uh, the, the right party uh, in France. And you've got six candidates for this convention. So you've got Xavier Bertrand, who wasn't actually willing to put, to take part in this convention because for him he was the legitimate candidate to run uh, as a candidate uh, in the name of the Republican. Exactly, he didn't uh, want to submit himself to a primary no. race. He just wants to be automatically nominated as the it's, candidate for the Republican. So that's a big deal that he's now decided that he has to submit himself to the primaries no. and contest contest them alongside other candidates. That's that's a big that's a big development. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, technically, I remember he was saying that he was the sort of automatic candidate, and I think Valérie Pécresse answered by saying, by, by saying there is no natural candidate. Uh, so you have Valérie Pécresse, uh, who was a, a minister, the former minister of higher education and research. Xavier Bertrand was the former minister of work. You also have Éric Ciotti, Philippe Juvin, who is a, a doctor. Um, Denise uh, Père, um, and you've got also uh, 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 Michel Barnier, uh, who considers himself as a patriot, but also as a European citizen. And he's, um, and he's a name that uh, our British listeners, of which we have many, will be very familiar with, given he was, of course, uh, negotiating on the European Union's behalf um, with the United Kingdom. Uh, to secure the UK's exit from the European Union. So he was the Brexit negotiator um, and he'll have a lot of notoriety internationally, although he doesn't necessarily have that same notoriety within France, if I'm not mistaken, uh, not everyone well, is. Well, well, he has, uh, he has a, a, a rather long CV in terms of uh, French, French politics. Yeah, of course, of course. He, but he there are other names that might be more familiar to... Uh, I think it's true that... In comparison to maybe other people from the Republican, he 
he his name was not widely mentioned uh, few, few in the past in comparison to, for instance, uh, Bertrand Pécresse, uh, which were more present. Uh, but sure. he still have a, has a, a long career. He has been a senator, a deputy, uh, a regional advisor. He has been a European deputy. He's led the he has led the Brexit. So, um, in terms of uh, technical side of things, we can say he's 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 prepared. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that I'm not I'm not disputing. But I think it's fair to say when it comes to the Republicans, the three biggest names, the three individuals who at the moment in the polls are are, are doing well are Valérie Pécresse, Xavier Bertrand, yeah. and Michel Barnier. Those are the three names that our listeners probably need to really uh, you know listen out for and and keep an eye on. Yes. And what about the far right? What's going on there? Because even that's getting complicated now. Yes. So if we, we we talked about the right, let's go further on the political spectrum and go up and talk about the far right. Well, on the far right, you've got, um, we used to have Marine Le Pen. So from the, the Rassemblement National, National Rally. We had a TV, um, a sort of TV debate during the second round uh, of the election, and she deceived many of the of the auditors uh, do, do, because her performance was uh, uh, considered um, not really. Um, she didn't manage to motivate people to vote her for the to vote for her for the second round, so people voted for Macron. So you had this historical party. You also have uh, another name that was also present during the last election, which is uh, Nicolas Dupont-Aignan, uh, uh, who is also part of the radical right, and he uh, he doesn't want to 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 join uh, Marine Le Pen. Uh, and uh, you, now you've got a new name, uh, a new figure of the far right. And in France, we're talking a lot about him at the moment uh, in the media. Uh, it's Eric Zemmour. He's not officially a candidate. He has not declared himself. And that's the fascinating point, isn't it? That Eric Zemmour has not even officially announced whether he's standing in the French presidential race. Yet there was already a poll that came out recently in France showing that he would get through the two-round system in France, he'd get through to the second round and face off the uh, current president, Macron, which is crazy. He hasn't even announced his, his candidacy and he's already performing unbelievably well in the polls. Exactly. And, and this is uh, basically what worries uh, uh, his political opponents is that uh, Eric Zemmour is actually... Uh, his scores with, within the polls are getting higher and higher uh, every week. Like in just a few weeks, I think he doubled uh, he doubled his uh, his percentage points, which which is quite an impressive uh, uh, increase. So he's not a candidate. I think three about three days ago there was the the news uh, headlines that were saying that he he basically communicated the idea that he 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 was seeking to actually create his own political party, um, and he he he's not a politician per se. He he he's he used to be really. Um, present within the French um, mediatic sphere because 
he he was a journalist uh, he, he used to be also a tv journalist as well and what we call in france a polemist he has written uh, uh, several books in which he was uh, explaining his idea for 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 france and his vision of of of, of france so you've got these three sides of the far rights you've got the Republicans. Um, you've got also the UDI that I forgot to mention, which is sort of the center right, uh, which is uh, the UDI is the Union des Démocrates et des Indépendants that was founded by um, uh, Jean-Louis Borloo. And uh, um, they, they, bas they basically didn't say yet if they were uh, putting forward, if they will support one of the Les Républicains candidates, or if they will uh, have their own candidate running. So we'll still don't know about that. Right. So there is still like this party, which is waiting to basically to give his, its answer on whether or not it will support the Les Républicains or not. So you see, it's quite, quite fragmented. Um, and oh, also in addition, I have to say that um, our former prime minister, Edouard Philippe, uh, decided uh, recently uh, presented uh, his, new, his new party, which is called Horizon, Horizon with the, with, with the NES, so Horizons, um, which is uh, officially to, to support, to help Macron to win the, the presidency and to help Macron to gain uh, support uh, from 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 local local officials, so you have this, which is which is showing uh, to our auditors how fragmented the right is. Sure, and I mean just for context for our listeners, but Edouard Philippe was a former prime minister in the Macron government, and some argue he was pushed out uh, because he was actually more popular in the polls than the president himself. Uh, during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic in France. But let's, let's now shift across, uh, you know, speaking of Macron, uh, to Macron and, and his party En Marche. And let's also look at the left, par at the left uh, parties and candidates too, just so that our listeners can get uh, a full uh, holistic view of all the key parties and candidates in the race. So what's the situation with Macron and Caroline and what's the situation with the left-wing parties? Well, uh, concerning Macron, he has not uh, made official uh, his uh, his candidacy. His candidacy. He's not. Uh, he's he's not running officially as a president. Uh, but many of us expect him to do, uh, especially with the Edouard Philippe, as you mentioned, um, which is, by the way, I just want to mention to our, our auditors, uh, we're not particularly familiar with the, the French political landscape. Edouard Philippe is considered as the preferred um, political personality in France. Uh, on the, he's, uh, he's ranked first uh, and behind you have uh, our former uh, environmental minister, uh, Nicolas Hulot, and then we, we, you have uh, our minister of culture, um, uh, Christine, um, uh, sorry, Madame Bachelot, um, Roselyne Bachelot. Uh, so just to make clear, he, he's actually using and exploiting this popularity that he has. So we will talk about it maybe in the future, but I think it's a, it's a rather strategic move 
to for the for his future political um, life as well. Sure. So uh, there is there is Macron, and now let's talk about the left because uh, we need to finish uh, what we have begun. Um, well, on the left side of the political spectrum, you've got Anne Hidalgo, um, which is the mayor of Paris, but. Uh, Let's say the beginning of her campaign is uh, sluggish. It is making sluggish debut. Um, and uh, she's standing, she... just so our listeners are aware, for the Socialist Party in France, the traditional uh, centre-left party that returned uh, former president uh, Hollande uh, to the Elysée Palace. So they, they were an established uh, political force and the main rivals to the Republican centre-right alternative. Yes. And 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 uh, so, so basically, you can see that uh, our political landscape is fragmented, but also our historical parties are weak. Uh, the Republicans, for now, they're, they're taking long to actually position uh, and to select a candidate that will that will run. But also, uh, in front of this, you've got uh, the Socialist Party. Is making really long and complicated uh, uh, beginnings uh, because of uh, Anne Hidalgo. She doesn't convince for now. Doesn't mean that she will not, but for now it's 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 complicated. Let's say we also have on the on the left side of the political spectrum our former uh, former minister from the Hollande government, Arnaud Montebourg, uh, who is a who is a lawyer and. Um, um, who was uh, the minister of the um, redressement productif uh, in France? Okay, product on productivity. Yeah, um, and then you've got also Jean-Luc Mélenchon, uh, who that's is further the, to the left, right? That's, yes, that's uh, further to the left. I forgot to mention the the Greens, led by Eric, uh, Yannick Jadot. They have had uh, the the Greens have had their convention. Uh, and you also have on the far left Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who has been uh, in the political um, uh, scene uh, for, for, for a long time. Long story short, what our listeners need to understand is there are a huge number of uh, candidates with a fighting chance in this presidential race, uh, from the far left through to the centre, through to the centre-right, uh, through to the far right, there's plenty of choice. And as you said, the political landscape in France can be characterized as deeply fragmented. So why, and Caroline, does this French presidential election matter so much? Why is there so much media interest in the upcoming election next May? I mean, it's already reaching, uh, you know, the media beyond France and the, and the election is not until next May. So clearly, it's uh, generating interest. Why is that the case? Why does this race matter so much? Well, first of all, we mentioned it, this new newcomer in the election that was that is not from the political, the usual historical uh, political background, Eric Zemmour. So a far right candidate, potential candidate, because he's not candidate yet. Sure. Um, and the fact that France uh, is, is uh, considered an important player within the European Union uh, behind Germany, um, uh, 
France is part of the G7 and G20 countries. Uh, they also have they also have um, a seat at the UN Security Council. And when when you think about it, it's actually the only European country, part of the European Union, that has a seat at this uh, uh, at this uh, council. So it's it's quite something. And, uh, also worth mentioning that uh, France has the the atomic um, uh, the, the the atomic weapon. Uh, yeah, they have so nuclear weapons. Yes. The nuclear power. Um, exactly, the nuclear. And it's one of Europe's largest military powers and a key member of NATO. Exactly. So that's why that's why it actually matters because if we have a radical change uh, in the in the, the in the French. Uh, uh, during the election, after the election, in the in its aftermath, if we have a radical new president with a radical view on uh, on France and how it should be governed, well, it will have repercussion on French domestic politics, but also uh, on its foreign policy, and thus, in some way, on in, in international politics. Absolutely, um, absolutely correct. I mean, we've seen France. France is. Uh... Uh, is very keen to exert its influence uh, on the European stage. I mean, France has always been a key uh, member state in the European Union, along with uh, Germany. And the Franco-German partnership is uh, a famous one in uh, in an EU context. And of course, as you say, France is a is an international player, um, and it 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 has it has a powerful voice because. Uh, of its of its uh, economic weight as one of the world's largest economies, as one of the world's uh, largest military powers, and France does have quite an engaged, outward-looking foreign policy. I mean, France gets involved in uh, in, in international affairs. If you look at, um, well, you know, if you look at uh, this, yeah, this this race matters because it can really determine uh, geopolitical developments, not just French domestic uh, policy. Yeah, and it could it could in some way impact the future of the EU because it, it, let's say if we if we have s someone with a, a less uh, European pro Europe as 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 Macron, it could basically further it could it could lead to a further fragmentation of of Europe. You see, so we would uh, we we could appear as even more divided on the international scene. Which could actually uh, make us appear uh, weaker in some way. Sure. So, so it will, it will have an it will have an impact. Absolutely. And on that point, Ankaroni, uh, we've we've gone through the key candidates in this race. We've explained that there are a lot of different candidates who are running uh, to be the next president of France, uh, and we've shown that you know, there's a there's a diversity of candidates. The the traditional parties are not necessarily the ones who will be able to. Uh, make it through to the second round, similarly to the last uh, historic race when Macron beat Le Pen uh, uh, last time round, when of course you know that was the first time that neither of the two traditional parties got through to the uh, to the second round. Um, so we've talked about all the different candidates involved. We've talked about just now the huge impact that this race will have on French uh, politics on uh, on uh, EU politics and on global politics. So we know this race matters hugely. So let's try and, I know this is a difficult thing to do, but let's try and unpick the polls now and figure out for the benefit of our listeners, who is most likely to be the next French president? I mean, who, do, who would you say, given the polls, I know it's early, a lot can happen. Uh, 
a week is a long time in politics, let alone several months. So, you know, candidates, ca uh, campaigns can uh, can implode at any point if there's a scandal that comes up, for instance, um, if, if the performance of the economy changes, uh, that could have an impact, particularly on, on whether the incumbent president, Macron, uh, is seen in a more favorable light as France recovers from the pandemic economically. So there are a lot of external variables and factors at play. But nevertheless, if we look at the polls today, who are the most likely individuals who will make it past the first round in the French presidential race and will make it into the final two, into the second round, and who will have a fighting chance to be, uh, to be the next French president? <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard mission. That's uh, well, question, I know. I think it's safe to say that the next French president is likely to be uh, someone that is uh, situated um, on, the, on the right side of the French political spectrum. I, th I think it's safe to say that. That's and that you is more, it will be, it will be more, it will be more likely someone who has pro-EU stance. Um, if you ask me to select one candidate, I think, as you mentioned, the election is in six months. So I won't give you a name per se, because I think a lot of things can happen in these six months. When I look at the past presidential election, a lot of people were saying uh, before the Republican convention that uh, the next president would be Juppé or uh, Alain Juppé or you see like completely. So, so for now, what I could tell you is what we could say at the moment, but depending on whether or not I think uh, Zemmour is likely to be on the second round of the presidential election will depend uh, highly on who is going to be the winner of the uh, Les Républicains convention. Okay. Um, and for now, I think uh, the most favor favored one would be um, Michel Barnier or uh, Xavier Bertrand. Uh, so knowing this, I would rather say uh, that um, I, do, I do believe that Macron has his chances for the second round and Zemmour and Michel Barnier or uh, Xavier Bertrand. So okay. you see, I'm coming back to my first prediction, which was someone is that the president is going to be someone on the right side of the political spectrum. But if, if you look at the polls at the moment, and Caroline, it's clear that, I mean, and if you look at the polling across the last few months, if, if uh, Marine Le Pen faces Macron in the second round, Macron wins. If Eric Zemmour yes. gets to the second round and overtakes Marine Le Pen and wins the far right vote and goes against Macron, Macron wins. So it does seem as though Macron benefits, does he not, from this fragmentation in yes. politics? I mean, the, the, the vote on the right that you talk about is completely divided amongst different candidates. Surely that leaves a vacuum in the centre and on the centre-left, which President Macron can fill to win a second round. I mean, that's what I'm getting from the polls, that Macron yes. has a good chance. You, 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 na you nailed it right, but I think the, 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 basically what you mentioned uh, for the second round was between the far right and Macron. But let's say in the second round, we got Macron against someone from Les Républicains. 
because Macron will have successfully brought people from the left or the center left um, in his, on his side. Well, the, the question is, will Macron pass this second round if he's against someone from Les Républicains? And for now, this is something that's, that's why I'm saying it's hard to make prediction because, because at the moment, the, the, comp, the, the electoral campaign has not begun yet. For instance, we mentioned that Eric Zemmour uh, was not a candidate yet, and Macron is not a candidate yet. But when they will officially position themselves as candidates, they will not be able to make uh, statements about uh, France situation. They will have to position themselves and to say, this is my program, this is what I will do. They will have to present a project for now, the people, what we see is that Eric Zemmour, Macron, they haven't talked about propositions for France and what should be reformed, how France should be governed. And Eric Zemmour, for instance, has not talked a lot about the economics side of things. You see what well, I mean? That's why I think it's quite hard for me to choose a candidate. Absolutely. If we're not talking about the, 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 the ideas. That's we're a good just, point. Well, look, I mean, this is a good point to end on, that actually, uh, you know, there are several months to go until uh, until the election itself. And so the key players who are emerging in the polls as popular potential candidates have yet to even declare their candidacies. They've yet to have even launched their election campaigns for the presidency. Um, we're going to have to wait and see uh, who even wins the uh, centre-right primary, for instance, because as you said, that there are three candidates who could take on the centre-right nomination, Pécresse, Bertrand and Barnier. So there's a huge amount that needs to happen in the months to come before we can even uh, safely uh, make, a, make a prediction uh, on, on who are the key individuals who are most likely going to get through to the second round of the French presidential race. So we'll have to come back to our, to our listeners and Caroline uh, as, as, the, as the campaigns begin to take shape and as this race unfolds. Yes, and uh, I just want to mention before uh, uh, we say goodbye to our auditors, there is something we need to keep in mind during an election is for now, as they're not officially candidates, they did not make their proposition about how France should be governed. So which means that we're only talking about statements about France, but at the end of the day, each each, um, each elector will vote not for a project, but according to his or her own interest and how the candidate best served his or her own interest. So that's something to keep in mind. For now, the poll are predicting a trend, but it does not tell us what will be the winner of this election, because in front of uh, the paper that you need to choose, you will choose for the candidate that matches your interest economically or in any other in any domain. This is what I wanted to say. Thank you for having me, Thomas. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you once again. Absolutely, it was great to have you. Um, and I, and uh, next week I will be joined by Tom Tugendhat. He is a member of the uh, UK Parliament and is chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. So we'll be having a fascinating conversation, no doubt, on uh, the key 
issues uh, shaping uh, geopolitics. So I look forward to uh, our listeners joining me next week with our special guest, uh, the Tom, uh, Tom Tugendhat MP. But thank you so much for joining us and bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this Polis podcast episode. At Polis Analysis, we are fully devoted to helping individuals better navigate the political world. So we would love to hear your thoughts and please do share any suggestions you may have for future Polis podcast episodes. Follow the Polis podcast channel on Spotify to access our weekly episodes. And if you want to better navigate the political world with accessible, fact-based and impartial analysis of global politics, then sign up to our free newsletter at www.polisanalysis.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening.